0: More names headed over to the Saudi Arabian Golf League. The Live Tour which just, I don't know why. It just sounds like a cheap, like, washed-up concert series. Which, you know what? (laughs) Might make sense for what this thing's trying to be. I'd say, I'll say this. The biggest blow dealt to the PGA Tour uh, was reported a little bit earlier today. Uh, we talked about Dustin Johnson yesterday moving over. Uh, guys like Kevin Na, Charles Swartzel, Graham McDowell, two guys who, interesting spelling on their first names. But that being said, right, guys who I would say are – Towards the end of their careers. Dustin Johnson, I believe, is 37 years old and hasn't won anything since the Masters in 2020. Right? Kevin Na hasn't won anything of significance in a long time. Charles Swartzel. Graham McDowell. Guys that you understand are cashing in. Right? Yeah. Making some money. They've already made plenty. But, you know, taking that upfront money. Looking out for their family. Yep. And the guaranteed money of each tournament because... For those of you who don't know, in the Saudi Arabian-backed league, uh, there's no cut, three rounds, so 54 holes, no cut, and the last-place person is guaranteed six figures for every single tournament. That being said, today, I think a pretty big blow was dealt to the PGA Tour when reports have started to surface now that Bryson DeChambeau has accepted an offer to go play in the Live Tour, and PJ, you were telling me just before the show started, the reported value of Bryce and DeChambeau, up front, money-wise, is $100 million. Yep. Which, again, for reference, is $23 million more than Dustin Johnson has made in his entire career in the PGA Tour. Yep. In guaranteed money. Yeah, $100 million up front. Dollars upfront. Yeah. Up front. So... <laughs> I guess what I'm struggling with here is what are the questions surrounding this, right? The easy one to go to is, is this the death of the PGA Tour? I, if I had to say right now, I don't think so, right? We still have guys like Justin Thomas, the Jordan Spieth, even Tiger Woods. I mean, reportedly they offered Tiger Woods almost a billion dollars, and he turned that down, which only I think a guy like Tiger Woods could turn down that kind of money. Right. But you haven't had really the, until today, the top 10 guys accepting offers. Patrick Reed also uh, also accepted an offer, but he's been dealing uh, with an injury, but he has reportedly accepted an offer to join the tour. So kind of the villain, I would say, of some previous Masters and a previous Masters champion has accepted to go uh, play in this tour, which starts this week in London. Yeah. Uh, With their first event, it's just I don't feel like this is going to kill the PGA. If anything, I think it might reinvigorate it because the PGA for the longest time was unrivaled, unchallenged. Yeah. Kind of like the way the NFL and the NBA exist, right? Where it's just there's no other league that competes against it, and so it kind of got complacent. And then all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia wanted to jump into it. They were like, "Well, horse racing worked out pretty okay." And we own a few English Premier League teams. Let's jump into the golf game. Jump into the golf game, start throwing money all over the place. PGA Tour, Jay Monahan kind of saying, Listen, if you do this, you can't play with us anymore. Now, have we seen that put into effect yet? No. And some of the guys who have signed up for the tour are still expressing, Hey, we know that potentially we're going to get punished. We just don't know what it is, and we hope it's not a lifetime ban. Right. But going back to the original question that I posed, do I think this is the end of the PGA Tour? Probably not. And I think the two biggest words that you have to put in there are television money. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Live Tour is completely backed by the Saudi Arabian government, and that's where they're getting their money from. The PGA Tour and their purses that they pay out come from TV dollars and network deals that are already in place. And I don't see... ESPN, CBS, NBC, any of these other golf network, any of these other channels, broadcasting the live tour. It, it's scheduled to broadcast on YouTube and Facebook.
1: Right, that's huge. Yeah, for the PGA. Right, so that's I, huge. Yeah,
0: I'm struggling to see how this, I guess, plants. I don't know if that's his goal, the PGA Tour. Right. But when I look at it. I see the PGA Tour as something that's completely open and accessible to any golfer, right? If you decide this is what you want to do in your life, you're an amazing golfer, and you want to go out there and put the work in to become a professional, you can get your PGA Tour card, whereas it feels like you have to establish yourself there and make yourself an incredible star before you can move over to this other tour. So I don't know what the objective is of the Live Tour, but I don't think it's going to end the PGA Tour.
1: Yeah. No, I I think that's a really good point. I I think business-wise, financially, you bringing up the the TV deals and everything like that is is huge. And does that change in the future? Who knows uh, for for the Live Tour. Um, Then again, this this is for the PGA Tour, other than losing Bryson DeChambeau, like you've said, all the, the, the young blood... feel like is is still in the pga tour and still there the tv deals as you mentioned are are still there too so the end of it i don't know about that but rivaling it and and giving it some sort of competition sure which is just isn't something as you talked about that we're just not used to in in sports especially professional sports nowadays even like you have the nfl you have the nba you have nhl i mean there's 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 no close second, and for a lot of those, there's not even a chance to have a second. Like, <laughs> other leagues aren't even being made because everyone just already knows right. you're not going to be able to compete with it. So uh, I feel like this is a different thing, I feel like, for for the sports world to kind of look at and, and digest. Um, but that's the thing is when you have a league or when you have anything kind of rise up and, and be a competitor to something – it doesn't mean the other thing's just automatically dead or automatically over or that eventually it's going to be over. Um, this this could be a, a situation where you have two golf leagues kind of thriving at the same time in four to five years. Who knows? So uh, that's certainly going to be interesting to, to keep track of. But I think that is – I think you made a, a couple really good points there. And the one uh, that that I think is probably most notable is – just who the, the L v tour is getting. Who's saying no to them and and who they're getting in the first place. They're not getting any new young guys who, like you said, haven't established themselves, haven't made a name for themselves. It's, it's kind of... Or even the
0: young guys who have made a name for themselves. Yeah, like they, Bryson they've kind of Everyone's right? like, like, oh, Bryson DeChambeau is a huge blow. He's the 26th ranked player in the world.
1: I was like, he's like, popularity-wise, everyone yeah. knows who Bryson DeChambeau I is. I think he is a
0: blow much like... Patrick Reed was a, I, I think, is a blow to him because they are, regardless of that, they're good. If they're, people if they're they in contention, yeah. People either love them or love to hate them. Right. So That's, it, yeah. it brings eyeballs to it. But in terms of like actually good golf, right now, Bryson DeChambeau is the 26th ranked player in the world. Right. They don't have any of the top 14 players in the world. The highest ranked player that they've been able to grab is Dustin Johnson. Right. But I think more so than... And I, I remember the conversations about uh, pre-this tour, but the rumblings had started. The conversations were, hey, should we compensate guys based off of followers? Right? What kind of social media impact they have. Yeah. And we want some of the PGA Tour compensation because you're using our basically NIL. You're using us to get eyeballs on your tour. So we want some sort of compensation based off of how many followers we have. That was a conversation from a couple years ago. But looking at it now it's the saudi arabian tour that is being put out there and it's i say tour i think it's eight events right like roughly like one to two a month for this inaugural season or whatever it is yeah whatever you right? wanna call it yeah. it's it's events it's not tournaments right right it's to me it's not professional golf to me, it's the challenge with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and those guys. Yeah, right? it,
1: it kind of feels like it, almost an all star, a series of all star events. Yeah, it's like,
0: it's a charity tournament. Yeah, and, and like where the charity is the already rich people's pockets. Right. <laughs> right, but it's just you, you. Nobody's gonna walk away a loser. Like I said, the the lowest you're walking away from one of these tournaments with is a six figure payday. Yeah, there's no real competition to it. It's kind of what uh, they wanted to do with the Super League for soccer, right? Where they were going to pull some of the biggest clubs away with huge astronomical billion-dollar paydays away from some of the biggest leagues across Europe. And they were going to say, hey, there, we just we know that people are going to watch when you guys play, so it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. You're going to make it to our quote-unquote Champions League, and yeah. you're going to play each other, and you're going to have the matchups, and you're going to get the money. It just it takes the competition out of it. And I think that's why everyone can just kind of see through the facade of these guys that are saying like, oh, it's just, it's an opportunity to expand the world of golf. No, it's it's an opportunity for you to expand your portfolio.
1: Right. Are you sure that nine-figure payday didn't just uh, have, have something bigger to do with it? Are, are, yeah. are you sure? Uh, because you're not talking about that at all. Well, no, it's just to help my family and help the world of golf. Okay. Whatever you say. Now,
0: sure. r- I think true golf fans the people that tune in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are still going to tune into the PGA Tour. Yeah. And I always make the joke, but, you know, it's like, the, it's like the church families that show up for Easter and Christmas, 90% of golf fans only show up for the majors. Right. But those 10% carry the PGA Tour enough that they get the revenue dollars from these TV deals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Right you're still going to see Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and these guys at the majors, right? The U.S. Open has already said that. The only place you're not going to see them as of right now is Eastlake right. for the Tour Championship, right? When was the last time any of them won it? Forever, yeah. That's just, that's just my honest god question. And I think a lot of the guys you see, and Roy McIlroy has put voice to this, want to be on the right side of history with this. They don't want to be the rebel group that went out and joined and and took the uh, blood money. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Right? They don't want to be the people that are going out there just jumping at the huge paycheck and then if this thing folds, just kind of standing there holding the bag and saying, hey, hey, PGA Tour. Yep. How you guys been doing? You Mind if we hop back on it? Now, again, the money might be so astronomical that they're like, hey, even if it folds,
1: yeah, it doesn't matter. That check uh, still clears? Yeah, I don't have to do anything for the rest I, it of my doesn't life anyway. Matter. So, yeah, yeah,
0: but I mean, Roy McElroy, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, those guys are kind of making the stand. Now, would I be surprised if three weeks from now, Roy McIlroy's in the live tour? No. And it's just based off of not anything he said, it's just based off of everything we said. Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, all guys who have like, uh. Yeah, I'm not When sure. they got slapped in the face with a PR at first, Yeah, said no, and then they gave it enough time to cool down. They're like, all of a sudden, they're moving on.
1: Yep. That whole time, that that money bag just sitting at their feet, waiting to be picked up. So it's interesting. I guess
0: the biggest question is, will this work? I don't know. It's kind of like with these conglomerates that are paying 17-year-olds millions of dollars to come to their college to play football. Yeah. I, I operate in the scope that I thought return on investment was something, and apparently it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. And for Saudi Arabia their return on investment isn't fiscal, it's perception-wise. Right. This is what they're trying to do, and it's not just in golf. You can see it in a lot of different metrics and a lot of different avenues throughout the world, and it's not just in sports, arts, entertainment, a lot of different stuff where they're trying to change their public persona and make themselves a world power, and yeah. it just so happens we're talking about it because this is in this the sports scope, right? Yeah. And now for the people who are like, well, at least I can watch it for free on YouTube – you're still paying for it, right? Just every time you pay four twenty-seven at the pump,
1: is that all it is now? I don't know. Might, I mean, be, might high. be a Good day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I, I was just sitting here thinking of it, and, and I know I might only be reaching like a select scope of fans here. But we talked about the, the similarities in competition uh, based on other things. We have to, to use an example. Honestly, what keeps popping into my mind is if you remember in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. The IROC races in NASCAR. Yeah. All had similar car or the same car. All had, so like the competition was skewed in a way that you're supposed to stay near each other. It was the biggest names in racing only a few times a year. And you know what? They ran it on a weekday or or a weekend or whatever before the NASCAR race. It was entertaining a little bit. Obviously a whole lot less dirty than the lift but but. Yeah, you had some fun watching that, whatever. Could have had a cool finish. the end of the day, Sunday was, was NASCAR day, and you, you were there to actually see the real cup race. So, honestly, like in my mind, it, it just kind of keeps going back to that. Like, when you talk about competition base and kind of what you have for guys actually going well, out there it, and competing. It goes to like, the
0: heart of the sport. Are you watching it just to watch Dustin Johnson play, or are you watching it to watch golf? Right. Like, do you care more about watching Bryson DeChambeau shank one 400 yards off the tee box, or do you care about somebody that maybe you haven't heard about before shooting five under on the back nine to be in contention with three holes to go? Oh, yeah. Right. So what do you actually care about? Because there's not going to be that pressure in the live tour. Right. Like I said, this is just kind of a for-fun, for-profit exercise, whereas PGA Tour at least has some semblance of Competition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not an exhibition. It's competition. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes, and I don't doubt that there's going to be more players making the jump just because it's so hard to say no to that money. It's just, quit, quit giving me the lip service. Yeah. I no. just say it. It is what it is. Yo, even as the thing folds, and I got tens of millions of dollars in my bank account, it was worth it. Nope. Yep. Just, just be honest with me. I know that's what we talked about yesterday, but just be honest with me. We got more to come here on Second Down. You can stream us live on ESPNCoastal.com. Also catch all of our stuff in podcast form there as well or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch us live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We got more to come after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. PJ, I'm going to let you you play point guard here. Oh, no. Let you choose what we're talking about. Hold what? I'm going to let you choose what we're talking
1: about. That's your job.
0: No, no, but I'm going to give you two options.
1: Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I like options. Options PJ's are like, great. PJ's like, wait, I have to come up with something else to Yeah, like, I got in. This takes a while for me. The, uh, the
0: panicked <laughs> look on PJ's face. What do you mean? You can only see on if you're watching us live <laughs> on the live stream. Uh, now, two options here. Athlon Sports put out their first and second team All-SEC okay. for 2022. Mm-hmm. Or some Steph Curry opinions.
1: Uh all right, let's let's go with the the SEC team. I'm fine. Wow, you don't
0: want to dive into my Steph Curry opinion? Actually,
1: oh, it's your opinions on Steph Curry.
0: It, it, it's kind of an open-ended question that I was going to
1: throw towards you, but you. Okay, so well, that's different. Are you doing a pump fake? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to know your your opinions on Steph Curry. Here's here's the thing. Here's how that question was presented. Here's the thing, and I think it's it's weird, like. The Golden State Warriors are, you ask a lot of people, just generally speaking, they're pretty, like, lovable, right? Like, they're they're not the most hated, you know, They certainly were
0: when Kevin Durant was there.
1: Oh, of course. But I'm talking about, like, their, their core and their, you know, you talk about where they started, you know, homegrown, drafted people building up. All the way through through their years and, and whatever, and developing into this championship juggernaut that we have today. And I think a lot of people forget that they can kind of be annoying, too. Like they, I very much am a subscriber. Wow! So we went third
0: option here. PJ Zuko, third. <laughs> PJ Zuko, take on the Warriors. I'm
1: very much a subscriber on the opinion of like the Golden State Warriors get away with a lot of stuff that, like, if especially you talk about Draymond, you talk about. Thompson, even even Steph Curry, with some of the things he does, it's like, oh, it's just a little cute Steph Curry. It's great. But then, like, uh, someone else does it. John Morant does it or someone like that. It's like, man, that guy, he needs to stop acting like that. He's, he's celebrating too much or whatever. And it's like, dude, we're celebrating the Warriors for doing all this stuff all the time. We're saying are all you these at, things are you, all the asking, are you
0: asking sports fans to not be hypocritical right now? I guess I am. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, man. I guess I am.
1: Anyway, so why I went that well, way when you, Steph, that, when you said Steph when you said Steph Curry that. opinions? That's why I was like, eh, rather not because sometimes I love, he can be kind of annoying. I love like I love watching Steph Curry play, man. Sometimes he, he can be kind of annoying. It's being real. So anyway, what are your opinions on Steph Curry then?
0: Just to confirm again, <laughs> PJ Zuko trying to. Get sports talk fans to not be
1: hypocritical. Yeah, I mean, I've never been hypocritical in my life ever. ever. So of course, yeah. Cool. Never, in never done anything. Never told a lie. Never done anything wrong. If you're interested, yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. That being said, <laughs> here's my thoughts on Steph Curry. This this has been making the <laughs> rounds. That it's one of those weird things where Steph Curry has done everything you can in the league, right? Maybe the best shooter we've ever seen. He's a champion. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. He just became the first ever Western Conference Finals MVP, right, where they created those two awards this past year with the right. Magic Johnson Award for the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. and the Larry Bird for the Eastern Conference. Right. Uh, that being said, a lot of people point at him and say, you can't name him one of the greats, and, like, you just have to keep going down the checklist. He's like, well, okay, he's got a championship. He's got another championship. All right, he's, got, he's got like three points, all, all those records. Okay, well, where can we keep going to keep him off of the all-time? Gra- oh, here we go. Never been a finals MVP.
1: Okay, So you can yeah. say, right.
0: oh, he has those championships, but he was never even the best player on his own team in one of those series. All right, Andre Iguodala has an MVP. Kevin Durant. Has one. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's just out here riding coattails in the finals. Can he really be an all-time great? This kind of goes back to my conversation about why <laughs> – this. I, I could circle anything back to college football, but it's just another example why you got to be careful using those kind of metrics to determine anything because they're so circumstantial, yeah. right? College football playoff – or College football Hall of Fame, excuse <coughs> me. Can't get in unless you're a first-team All-American that's so circumstantial to me just like Steph Curry never winning a finals MVP is so circumstantial to me because you get to the finals you're playing against probably one of the better defensive teams right right they were playing against LeBron yep for the most part in those right getting locked up people are paying attention to him what does that do freeze up everybody else on your team mm-hmm. so I'm looking at this and I'm saying if you hold him not having a finals MVP or if him winning a Finals MVP this time would change your mind about him, you're doing basketball wrong.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's you're a you're deep good in point. research over there. No, no, I absolutely am because uh, I do think I completely agree with you. First of all. Yeah. Um, and and I, I love that take as well. Um, I think whoever is saying that and, and, and just generally speaking is just not doing their research. Because this is the other thing. You talk about stats like that, it's very frustrating. Because people just look at that stat, they say, well, he doesn't have NBA Finals MVP. And they, they forget what he's done, what he did in those finals, and the fact that, hey, just because he didn't win those awards didn't mean that he wasn't deserving for it, and didn't mean it wasn't controversial at the time. I remember Kevin Durant winning one of those and just being like, no way man like Steph was Steph is the reason they got here in the first place he's the reason they're still in some of these games and you just you just give it to Kevin Durant for whatever reason let me read off his stat line though for this is collective his NBA Finals averages
0: let's go just
1: overall twenty six point eight points per game five point seven is that rebounds or assists five point seven rebounds six point one assists and a uh, three point field goal percentage of 39.1%, also shooting 42.3 from the field in all of those finals. So you're telling me he's 20, basically 27, 5, and 6 and shooting 42% from the field, basically 40% from three. And just because, and that's over all of his finals, he didn't win one of those awards because even the first one, right? Like yeah. Andre Iguodala, I respect him. He he did a really well, solid job on LeBron in that first Finals, absolutely. But Steph was a maniac, and, and just like he always is. And again, twenty-seven five and six, and very close to being twenty-seven six and six in all of his Finals appearances. And you're gonna you're gonna hold that just because he didn't get that little award. You're gonna hold that back from him. No, that's insane. That's insanity.
0: It's kind of like to me, and I'm not trying to take shots here. Dion Branch is a Super Bowl MVP.
1: Right. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very good point.
0: You know what? You know where I'm kind of getting at, right there. <laughs> For sure. Dion De- Branch, Super Bowl MVP. Steph Curry hasn't won a Finals MVP. Does that mean Dion Branch was a better NFL player than Steph Curry was a basketball player? Absolutely not. Right. Right. It's just so happens in a series. Some voters decided that this person deserves this award over this person. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just like people who use Pro Bowl as a metric to determine how good somebody was. Never bring that argument to me. No. Ever, because I will lose a whole lot of respect for you. Mm -hmm. you want to bring all pros, I'll have that conversation with you. But please never bring Pro Bowls to me. Steph Curry, to me, borderline top 10 NBA player of all time. And people don't want to hear that. And their only arguments that they can get down to is, oh, oh, oh. When it matters most, when his team is trying to win a championship, he's never been the guy. Yeah. You know who was the guy? Jordan. LeBron. Kobe. All right. That's fine. It's three guys. Good for them. Yeah. Jack. <laughs> it's like, I'd still put Steph. Borderline top 10 or in the top 10. Yeah. Now I'm, I mean, I'm with him. And so now one and one going to Boston for a couple of games. Game three tonight, PJ's shaking his head about something.
1: I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at some of this stuff, man. It's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's like the 2017 finals when they beat the, the Cavaliers in one of those 28 points, 32 points, 26 points, 14 points, and 34 points. So basically he has one off game and because of that one off game, they give it to Kevin Durant. That's criminal. That's ridiculous. And probably his best one was against Toronto, where just everyone falls around him and they don't end up winning the series, which I, I obviously, given the NBA Finals MVP, to someone who, who won the actual series, totally understand that. But that probably was his best chance so far. 34 points per game, 23, 47, 27, 31, and 21. Yep. Those aren't minutes played. Those are, those are points. I, I insanity, will hypothesize man.
0: this. I believe if Golden State does win this series, he's going to get that MVP. Oh, for sure. And then what do you say about him then? And if he does, Turd Ferguson on YouTube brings up a good question, <laughs> which, love that Turd Ferguson's dropping by. I think a good question would be how many guys Curry's height have actually won finals MVP. Yeah. I'm a good sure. question. I, I don't know. We'll put PJ on it in the break here. But when we come back, Athlon Sports released their SEC football 2022 All-conference team, some dogs made the list. And then we had a name that you might think is a glitch. It's on there twice. But no, there's a name that you're going to need to know twice in the SEC this year. Two studs from two contenders in the SEC that we'll dive into. So Athlon Sports 2022 All-Conference team, we'll dive into it next right here on Second Down. Multiple important updates. Several. From the break. I've said it (laughs) before. I'll say it again. We're so much better when the microphones are turned off. Uh, P.J. Zuko, off the top of his dome, because we were researching Turd Ferguson's question, who is the shortest player ever to win an NBA Finals MVP, we have an answer. We do. Off the top of the dome, maybe a little bit taller.
1: Uh, Yeah, actually a little above that.
0: Yeah. P.J. Zuko comes at me with the average height for a U.S. male is 5'9". Yeah. And I'm like, huh, let's Google this to see. P.J. Zuko. Exactly correct. The yeah. average height for a U.S. male, five nine. Mm-hmm. I asked PJ why he knew that off the top of his head, and the response was pretty much just,
1: "You know why." Yep. Why do you think? You, but you, then, you know why.
0: We also brought Everyone it to PJ's why. attention that we have an answer for Turd Ferguson's question. Yes. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. in 1990, became the shortest player ever to win an NBA Finals MVP at 6 foot 1. Right. So even if Steph wins it, he's not getting that one. But my question then turned to PJ, is Isaiah Thomas a short king?
1: Yeah, no. And and that's kind of why we got in the whole average average height of US male and all that. So in my opinion, number 1, if you're above the US average in, in height for a male, I don't think you can be considered short because you're not shorter than the average. You're, you're taller than the average. Therefore, that's, that's, not, that's not short. That's not a short king. Second of all, with the U.S. average being 5'9", I think my other point during the break makes sense. You can't be called short if, you're, if you start your height with a 5. I mean, w- well, with anything more than a 5. Okay. So if you start with a 6 or a 7 or an 8, obviously you're not short. If you start with a five or lower, obviously you 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 can be short. Now five ten, five eleven, you got a chance. Right? But that's a small window.
0: All right, let me throw some names at you. Five, five nine, then. your average. Muggsy Bogues absolutely has to be a short king, right? Five, For three. sure, of course. Five three.
1: Probably the best of us out here doing one it. One of the best of us.
0: Spud Webb. Yes. Five six?
1: I can't wait till you get to, to my one of my favorites. You could probably guess who it is. Earl Boykins. Not five, my five. not my favorite, but yeah, he's definitely there.
0: Now other Isaiah Thomas, yes, one of. The, well, hold on. Wait. Five nine.
1: Really? So he's an average king.
0: <laughs> so, can he be considered a short king?
1: Um. For, this is
0: other Isaiah Thomas. One, two. Okay. Eights.
1: This is the thing. He gets short king status because of where he is a short king, and that's in the NBA. That's playing basketball. Where basically everyone but else.
0: What did the other Isaiah Thomas? Is about six foot one be a short king? No, he's too NBA? far above
1: the threshold. Uh, all right. He's too too far Another above. Another 5'9". At least Isaiah Thomas is, like, right there.
0: Another 5'9 candidate, Nate Robinson.
1: Yes, and that's actually who I was, who I was mentioning, right, my favorite. Right,
0: but is average. No, it
1: doesn't matter. He's definitely a short king because not only that, he's, he's probably, again, he, Nate Robinson is probably the best of us okay. because, like, he's, he's done everything, man. <laughs> he, he's the, in knocked their,
0: out on, on live television.
1: No, nah, sure, whatever. But it, that's, well, I don't care. He should have never been allowed to do that. He's out there dunking on Dwight Howard. He's out there winning NBA dunk contests. He's,
0: so he's like doing the things. He's that making other a career. Like have dreams about.
1: Yeah, he's making a career out of it in amongst the trees. Like he he was blocking people and stuff in his time in the NBA. And then after that, it's not only in NBA. In college, he was on the football field and he got a tryout with the Seattle Seahawks after he was done in the NBA. He's one of the best of us, if not the best of us, absolutely.
0: That being said, I had to pan the camera down because I sat down and I do not want you to be taller than me.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, actually, we do have to extrapolate, too. We, oh, we did, and this is probably because he's one of my favorite players, if not one of them. He's one of my favorite players of all time, and not only did Isaiah Thomas win the NBA Finals at MVP. If you extrapolate that out to regular, just NBA MVPs for the regular season, Allen Iverson as well. At like I think right at six foot. Six right at one. six foot. Yeah.
0: You just said anybody with a six.
1: No, I'm not saying he's a short king. Okay. All yeah, right. I just All wanted right. to mention that because we were talking about shorter basketball players.
0: Speaking of short kings, let's get into the Athlon Sports. Uh, the 2022. I don't think there's
1: many of them there.
0: I I think right off the bat, this is Athlon's 2022 All Conference for the SEC. Okay. Quarterback, Bryce Young. That guy is not six feet tall.
1: He's not six feet tall, but I I, I want some If I of... had
0: to guess, Bryce Young's 5'9".
1: I want... Because uh, I, unless man. Stetson
0: Bennett has grown a lot over the past two or three this. years, I have seen him in person, and he is shorter than me, and I'm six feet tall, and then I saw Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett embrace on the field after the national championship, mm-hmm. and Bryce Young was shorter than Stetson Bennett.
1: Yeah. 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 And
0: I don't know Good why point. I put that much sauce on it but I did.
1: Sometimes you do. You know, sometimes you just gotta throw it on there.
0: So Bryce Young, I have I have to imagine five nine. Yeah. Like Kyler Murray, is he a short king? How tall is he? About that same five eight, five nine range.
1: Uh I think you get less credit in football playing quarterback than you do in basketball when like everyone's Tariq six, eight. Cohen, five six. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, he's under the threshold. Cool. All
0: right, so Bryce Young, obviously your first-team quarterback. Uh, Other side of the Iron Bowl there, for the running back position, Tank Bigsby from Auburn, who I think kind of had a disappointing year last year, Yeah. but Auburn in and of itself had a disappointing year last year. Tank Bigsby, as a football player, clearly deserves to be on this list. For sure. Will he have the most productive season from a running back in the SEC? I'm going to say no. Right. Is he is he all conference at the end of the year? No. And it's not because of how good of a player he is, it's because how Auburn's going to use him. Other one, I think this is a really good choice as well. Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky. He's going to be a draft pick next year, very much in that Benny Snell kind of mold for Kentucky, where it's just really good running back. Yeah. Doesn't get talked about a lot. Gonna run for over a thousand yards. When your team plays him, you're gonna be really annoyed because he's gonna pick up five yards at a time. Chris Rodriguez, I think, is a really good pick. Now, the guy who I think has a chance to win SEC player of the year is the next up on the list. All purpose. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama transfer from Georgia tech. The dude's freaky. Mm -hmm. Like if you can pop playing for whatever that was from Georgia tech last year, if you can pop in that now put Bryce Young as your quarterback, multiple NFL wide receivers around you and one of the better lines in college football and the defense can't just scheme towards you. Jameer Gibbs is going to be excellent. Uh, very good. Yeah. yeah, two of the the two first team wide receivers, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, who fine, mm-hmm. I guess. Like he's a he's a really good player. He's not like one of about like about ten guys I would have put up there. Uh, the second one though, I don't think you can argue. Kayshawn Boutte from LSU, dude, all he does is catch touchdowns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. So he's a, he's a really good pick there. Obviously, tight end Brock Bowers. University of Georgia, I think if he was eligible to come out after this year, he'd probably be a top-ten pick. Luckily, Mm -hmm. Georgia has him for at least two more years unless he pulls uh, Jamar Chase and decides to sit out his third year. But let's not speak those things (laughs) into the universe. So true. Uh, But also your first Georgia player to make an appearance there uh, on the offense. Ricky Stromberg, Arkansas, he'll be a first-round pick next year as your center. Uh, Layden Robinson from Texas A&M, one of your offensive linemen, Nick Broker from Ole Miss. Uh, Emil Ikior from Alabama, who's just next in line. That's probably a first-round pick uh, from Alabama on that offensive line. And then Broderick Jones. This is one I have an issue with. Hype-wise, sure, recruiting status and all that, Broderick Jones, fine. And I I think at the end of the year, he's going to be Stetson Bennett's left tackle this year. End of the year, could he be on this list? Yes. But preseason, all Warren McClendon has done is come in, taken over at right tackle for the University of Georgia for the past couple of years and just dominated people. Mm-hmm. Right? Dominated people. He, I'd say he had about a 50-50 split against Will Anderson, but he ate Aiden Hutchinson's lunch. Yeah. Right? Big time. Bu- bullied him. Yeah. In that semifinals game. Like, swallowed him. There, I know there's the highlight of Jamari Sawyer uh, kind of getting the leverage on Aiden Hutchinson and pancaking him, mm-hmm. but flip it over and watch the other side when they're like, okay, he's not doing anything on Jamari Sawyer. Let's go test out Warren McClendon Warren McClendon swallowed him yeah I would have Warren McClendon on this first team over Broderick Jones just based off of what he's done in the past now potential wise ceiling wise does Broderick Jones maybe have a little bit bigger ceiling maybe I think Warren McClendon is a first round pick right so that's the only issue I'd really have uh, with this first team list there on the offense defensive side of the ball this is where it gets funny is this defensive line obviously Jalen Carter from Georgia makes the list maybe the best defensive lineman in college football, Mm -hmm. right? Depending on whether or not you want to call Will Anderson a defensive lineman or a linebacker or an edge, whatever you want to call him. Derek Hall uh, from Auburn is on there, excellent football player. Here's where it gets funny. You have Byron Young from Alabama, who's a really good defensive end for them in that 3-4 scheme, and then you have Byron Young from Tennessee, (laughs) who's an edge rusher for them, an excellent football player as well. Both of those guys Absolutely deserving of being on there, but...
1: Are they right next to each other, too? Yes. They <laughs> stack them on great. each other. You know they did that. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: So, if two Byron Youngs <laughs> make the list for the first-team defense, uh, Will Anderson listed as a linebacker there, obviously outstanding. Another Alabama linebacker, Henry Toto. He's kind of been eh, yeah. since he got to Alabama. Thought he was more of a... Maybe it's just you get on Alabama and you're surrounded by so many other good players, that's hard for you to pop. But, like, when he was at Tennessee, that dude was a stud.
1: Yeah. Since he's, yeah. been,
0: he's been a pro since he's been out Alabama, but I just I haven't seen he, he hasn't been a Ruben Foster. Right? right. Yeah, just he, making every time. And even Chris Harris last year, people. what I thought I thought popped more at that inside linebacker position than he did. So uh, but Henry Toto makes the list, as well as Bumper Pool from Arkansas, which is still the greatest name for a linebacker ever. And it's pretty uh, it's pretty incredible. Nolan Smith uh, from Georgia makes the list, but I think it's some well deserved uh, recognition for the Savannah native there. Moving on to the secondary, Keely Ringo from Georgia he made the play in the natty and he has all the talent in the world could be a top 10 pick still has a lot of stuff to tighten up but if he does it dude is Jalen Ramsey type of talent
1: yeah got right? to put it together for the whole year right Correct. yeah oh yeah
0: camp smith uh from South Carolina there as the other corner jordan battle from Alabama uh Georgia fans trying to figure out who that is Think back to the pick 6 uh in the SEC championship that's jordan battle really good safety there and then antonio johnson Uh, From Texas A&M rounds out the first team defense. You can see uh, the full list of specialists, second team uh, listed there as well. If you go to athlonsports.com, but there you go. Your your first team offense and defense from the SEC. Georgia, well represented for sure. Alabama, stacked.
1: Yeah. Every everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Stacked. Kind of as we expected, but you know. Now, hopefully, uh, a few more of those which, uh, guys make a name for themselves this year. Which
0: Byron Young ends with more sacks?
1: Uh, probably the one from Tennessee. I'm gonna go Tennessee one of them Yeah, as well. because just again, you're you're either the guy or you're one of the guys. Yeah. Right. So he's the guy at Tennessee.
0: There you go. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. PJ, I want to present something to you real quick. Okay. I don't think there can be a king of the short king of the of the short kings because that just doesn't make sense.
1: I couldn't reach you're the all kings.
0: Because you're all kings. Oh. Right? But, I, thought, I thought it was uh, definitely going to be. If a joke. I put a candidate out there for president of the Short Kings.
1: Yeah. All right. Wes Welker. No. 5'9? No, yeah, I disagree.
0: Too tall? Who would be your nomination for president of the Short Kings?
1: Well, if we're going 5'9, guys, uh, I'd go with Nate Robinson. Wow. You're, yeah, for sure.
0: You're just riding this Nate Robinson train.
1: Yeah, for sure. Wes Welker. I mean, hold sure. about Pele? 5-5. Ooh, Pele is up there. Oh, yeah, I, right. I forgot about Pele. Yeah. Well, um,
0: speaking of a show that has a much higher height average than us, three and out. Wow. Coming up next. Me and the short king will catch everybody tomorrow. Nate
1: Robinson can be vice president.